over the next 12 weeks, we're going to be uh, journeying together, studying in the first kind of four to five chapters of the book of Acts. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're online or you're here with us, over the next 12 weeks, I want you to make a couple commitments. I want you to commit to read Scripture as a community together. So we're going to be in Acts 1, 1 through 10. Just read that all week, over and over and over again. And then next week, we'll, we'll move a little bit further in, and then you read that part over and over and over again. And the next week, we'll move. You got it. There's a pattern there. And I want to invite you to pray. I was thinking about this, and I just want to kind of set the stage for this series this way. The series title is Exponential. And I was thinking about this. How many of you know somebody who goes to church on Easter Sunday? Probably everybody. How many of you know somebody who goes to, East, to church on Easter Sunday, but like that's maybe one of three times during the year they go to church? Okay, here's the deal. Easter Sunday, the resurrection, is more than a moment. It is the reality of kingdom movement that is continuing today. We are here because of the exponential move of God through the early church. People who were willing to give their lives to the reality of Jesus. And I just want us to consider as a church family, what might God do in and through us here and now? Where does the kingdom need to be exponentially expanded in the hearts and minds of people that we're connected to? How might God move in our lives and through our lives? I had in my notes to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. We, don't, we have already done that. God's presence is here. The Spirit of God is here. And if that's new language for you, if, if you're exploring faith and you're going, who's the Holy Spirit and why do y'all pray and why did we wait? It's actually all in the text today. We're going to read Scripture and we're going to actually see what happened with the early church and that's what's happening with us today. So check this out. This is Acts 1, 1 through 10. In my former book, this is Luke, we just finished a series reading through the Gospel of Luke. Luke is authoring the book of Acts. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. This is why Easter is a big deal. <laughs> he is alive, which is why we can encounter him today, the active work of God. He is alive. He gave convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. So here we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we have God the Father, all in the mix, the Trinity, interacting and, and working for the good of the church and for the good of humanity, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, I love this, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He was speaking to them about the kingdom of God 
And they're like, hey, what about our kingdom? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I mean, just put yourself there. Like, just put yourself in the story. You're like eating a meal with resurrected Jesus, and you're like, hey, Jesus, what about kingdom of Israel? And he's like, look, kingdom of God, I've got this. We're eating together with somebody raised from the dead. Like, that would be enough proof. He's been giving convincing proofs. He's walked them through the scriptures. He's declared that the activity of God is promise and truthful. And if that wasn't enough to kind of like, I think, forever etch it in their hearts and minds and bodies, he's like ascends into heaven in front of them, and then there's angels. How would y'all do with that? What would you do with that? Like, how about your next family meal? How about your next holiday? Guys, you would not believe. You would not believe what happened. You would have to have been there to see it. I saw it. Let me tell you about it. We, the church, cannot allow the distance that we are from that moment, that I was not there physically, I did not see it. We cannot be distanced from the active presence of God, the power of God, and the promise of God for that work that is needed today for the kingdom of God. Just as the early church did, just as those who were there did, we must be a witness to the reality of Jesus every day. Easter, an amazing day, is not a moment. It is about the movement of God and the kingdom of God for us here and now today because there are people who need the reality of resurrection to anchor their lives in a hope that cannot be taken, that cannot be lost, where the power of sin is broken off of us, where the reality of death is broken off of us because it is the hope of life that has captured us. Can I get an amen? I mean, this is like the good news. This is the reality on which all of our Christian faith hangs. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit alive and at work. And then God says, guess what? As cool as it was what I did, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. That means there is movement still. When we receive communion, we say that sometimes, don't we? Christ has died, which means Christ lived, right? Christ has died. Christ is risen. And as we read in Acts 1, it says he will come again. And until that day that he comes, guess what we have? 
we have the best news to share. And here's why it's the best news. The best news is that God is at work and God is inviting all of us into his story to be his witnesses. And it's the best news until the real news of his second coming takes over. And then it's good news because it's eternal heaven. I'm trusting there's like smiles and hope beneath those masks, guys. Listen, I did not wake up at 5 a.m. this morning after being up at 3 a.m. this morning to come here to a quiet room. This is good news. Here's the deal. I have like way too many notes. So we're going to just, we're just I'm, I'm being totally transparent. That is done for the day. If you want them, I'll email them to you. The reality of this moment is God says, you, my followers, are to be my witnesses, to witness the miraculous, to be witnesses during meals, to be witnesses of the kingdom movement of God. Where you see it, you need to start calling it out. Where you see God at work, you need to say, look, there's God. This is what God's doing in my life. This is what it looks like to be a witness. There are events being witnessed all the time. How many of you like to watch the news? No. No. They're witnessing stuff. How many of you like to witness good news? How many of us need more good news in our life? This is where we get to be the church. And here are some things that I think we need to understand about being witnesses. The exponential work of God is realized in the truth that we are all witnesses. Okay? The only way the kingdom will advance to all the places that God wants it to advance to is if you will take it where you go. Do not be silent. Do not be rude. Jesus is not that way. Do not witness as Jesus as but don't be Jesus. That, that came out so wrong. Let me try that again. If you're going to witness the good news of Jesus, be like Jesus. He didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. This is hope. This is life. This is, let me tell you about a God who created everything, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he's pursuing all of humanity through the church. And you might go, Jesus, that was a bad idea. But let me tell you why it's a beautiful idea. If you are in the room and you are imperfect and you're willing to be known as somebody who's imperfect, just raise your hand. This is the hope of all humanity. It is not our perfection. It is not our work. It is that we are witnesses to the work of God, to the reality of God, to the love of God. And he says, come be with me and bring the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, hope. Everywhere you go, forgiveness. Everywhere you go, family. You are part of the family of God. And here's the thing. If you're in the room and you're not a follower of Jesus yet, I'm glad you're in the room. Because we're going to love you like family because that's God's heart for you. God's heart for the people who are not yet received his love is that they would be loved as family long before they ever get to their own proclamation of faith because they've encountered the reality of heaven here on earth, which is an eternal worship service of a family of God created by God for his glory. And we can do that here and now. Here's the bad news. The bad news is, is that to be witnesses of God and to be a part of his family is it will confront the cultural idol of individualism. 
Jesus cuts right to the heart and he confronts individualism and he says, there is no place for that in my kingdom. Because it's about my kingdom, the kingdom of God. And if you're going to be my witnesses, that means God has a heart for people beyond you. God has a heart for humanity beyond you and he's sending you to love them and call them into the family. The faith journey of following Jesus is not individual. It is not self-centered. It is not self-serving. Jesus smashes that idol and says, worship me and glorify my name, not a self-centered faith. Which means we're going to be uncomfortable. What do I say to somebody? I don't know how to talk about Jesus. Do you do you pray? Do you have a favorite worship song? Do you go to a church? All of those are things you can share with somebody. Hey, I was praying this week. Really? You just witnessed. Hey, I heard this worship song on the radio. I listened to this, this station called uh, 91.7, Engine Radio. You should check it out. I was listening to 103.7. I was listening to 89.3. I had Spotify on, and there's this playlist that I love. I'm going to send it to you. I experienced God's presence in the car. Can I get an amen? If God will show up here at this building, he'll show up in your car. He'll show up in your home. He will show up anywhere that there are people because God loves people. And he says, we get to be people of the Holy Spirit. We get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We get to carry God's presence with us everywhere we go because that is how the kingdom gets exponentially pushed to everywhere to the ends of the boom it just preaches itself it's just the text we just get to read scripture and God is alive he proclaimed it he had proof to it and then he showed up to his people and he said go share it guess what I'm gonna tell you what I tell our four-year-old sharing is caring care about the people in your life I am so off script I just got to like figure out where I want to finish this thing All right, there's a slide that has a 10 and a 1 versus a 10 and a 3. This one, there we go. This is math. How many of you like math? It was my favorite subject in school because there's actually a real answer. English, it's kind of up for interpretation in my opinion. Uh, apparently, I'm, I didn't interpret right all the time in school. Um, but math, you could get the right answer, okay? Here's how this works. Amen. Thank you. See, there we go. The exponential impact of God's kingdom occurs when we share our faith journey with others. 10 to the power of 1 is what? It's 10. When I keep all that God is doing in my life to 1, there is no expansion of the kingdom. 10 to the power of 3, 1,000. Me with just a couple other people, and this thing starts to get big quick. We just need to share our lives with one another because we're called into a community, not an individual faith journey. We're called to walk with one another, which means we listen and we pray and we care and we regularly pray this prayer. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come share your life with me that I can share your life with others. And here's the thing I want us to know, and this is where I'm going to finish because we're going to just begin to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be right where you are for what you need. It's the next slide. When we are willing to be witnesses to our personal need, when we have the courage to say, God, I have need, 
I am short. I am not doing well. I am insufficiently capable of getting to the life I want to live on my own. When we will witness to the reality of our personal needs and be witnesses to the good news of Jesus, there is forgiveness, there is freedom, there is power, there is goodness, there is life, there is resurrection, there is authority that God has to make all things right and all things new. When we will do both, we can become an authentic witness to the people around us. And I will just be honest, Vineyard Church family, this is what the world needs. This is what I need. This is what my kids need. My kids need a family beyond my wife and I who will be an authentic witness to the reality of God's kingdom for them. Who will be honest about, hey, this was hard. This was tough. This is how I saw God meet me. This is where I saw the activity of God. When I was in high school, an adult in my church who was not a parent read scripture with me every day for months. First person to skip a day had to buy ice cream. That's an authentic witness. And you get to eat ice cream because somebody's going to fall short at some point. It's just human nature. That was dumb. Guys, we cannot pretend like we have it all together and then just throw good, you know, God, God is this and, and rules and regulations. We can't just throw that at people. But when we throw the reality of our life and the goodness of God and what we read in Psalm 19, that his decrees bring joy and they're trustworthy and they are refreshment to my soul. The reason they refresh my soul is because my soul needs refreshment. The church with an authentic witness is the hope of the world. Transformed lives is our witness. Share your life with people. Share meals with people and talk about Jesus. Invite people into your home and pray. Read scripture together. All of that are just vehicles to say this. Be in God's presence with one another and invite people who do not know God into God's presence because you know God and the Holy Spirit has filled you and will lead you and guide you and give you everything you need to be witnesses because it's the authority of God calling everybody to it. Everybody. If you have said yes to following Jesus, he has called you to be his witness. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Transformed lives. Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Listen to this next part. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. That is the witness. God loves you, and he wants to pour his spirit out on you, and he wants to call you into his family because he loves you. And he gave himself up for you. Rich Volotis, who pastors a church in New York, is an author, says this, the best witness we have as the church is not our good music, although I love good music and it's good here. 
and I'm thankful for our team. Or Slick Productions, and I'm thankful for our production team. Y'all cheer for them. What? The best witness we have as a church is transformed lives. So if you need more transformation, you've come to the right place. And here's the good news. God's heart is love for you, and he wants to pour out his spirit on you, and he wants to transform you by his power, by his goodness. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. Just read 2 Peter 1. We preached on it earlier this year. His power and his presence, it's all about him anyway. So just let all of your life become all about God. And everywhere you go will get better because you have the creator God filling you. And that's what we're going to do at the end. We're just going to pray for God to fill us. If you are here today and you're on anything other than 100% on your tank, then ministry time is for you. And if you're at 100%, I need you to come pray for people. Guys, this is, this is it. This is our purpose. This is our calling. This is our identity as his kids. He loves you. He loves you. He gave himself for you. This is why Easter is a big deal. Don't let Easter just be a moment. Let it be the thing that infuses every day of your life. Let's stand together. Somebody has said this. I've grown up in the vineyard as a movement. There's there's about 500 vineyard churches in the U.S. And my dad pastored a vineyard church. We planted a vineyard church. Like, I love it. And, And whenever I was in ministry time, this is what we do. We get to the end of the preaching and people stand. And it's like, it doesn't make it any different. If you want to sit, the Holy Spirit can still fill you. But there is something, I think, about the activity of our lives, getting into an active posture. In Acts 1, it says this. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. I think some of us believe that like, let me say it differently. I think God is inviting us to be more active in our waiting. And what I mean by that is we need to like stand up. We need to create space to actively wait in. For God's presence. He also says like he's going to fill us. So he just like they were waiting in the room together as a community. They were in a room like this. We sung about it. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Whatever posture you want to take to just go, God, would you come? I just invite you to like make yourself available. And we just say, come Holy Spirit. I open my hands a lot because it just makes me get like physically where I want to be spiritually. Like, God, I want to receive from you. God, I I want in my life the things of Scripture, the reality of you coming, and the reality of the Holy Spirit being poured out. God, allow us to be a church that continues to experience that today. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? For some of you, this might be new, and so I'm just going to, like, talk you through it. 
If you've never experienced this baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is a real place where God wants to meet you in a way that you would undeniably know. It could be joy. It could just be a feeling of love. It could be like no physical experience, but you just begin to like hear God's whisper, his still small voice. It can be peace. These are all things that scripture speaks to. So God, we wait on you and we just say, come. We are, we are people who have need of you. God, if we're going to be your witnesses, we need authentic encounters with the living God in this. So we say, come. I'm just going to ask some of you to risk if you know that there is like a very real need in your life, so there's a need financially, there's a need physically, like we need physical healing, we need emotional care because the weight of depression has been persistent. If you're in a room full of people and you feel totally alone, just right where you are, I just ask you to invite God to that place. Just to say, God, here's where I have need. This is my need. I, I hold it before you and I just ask God, would you, through your love, come. Come meet me in the place that I have need. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for people who've been waiting a long time that you would encourage them to not let go of the gift that it is and the expression of faith that it is to be a person who's willing to wait. God, this is not ours to fabricate. We don't have to stir this up. We don't have to, you know, make something happen. We literally posture ourselves before you, creator of the universe, the one who humbled himself and came and was willing to even be humbled to death on a cross, you entrusted your life to the Father. You are redemption. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. God, today as we uh, just wait, God, I pray that this would encourage us to practice this day in and day out. God, teach us how to be a people who wait for you every day, how to receive from you every day. How to begin to look at people with the hope of heaven. How to begin to see people as our extended family of God. Lord, we ask that the same love that you revealed in Holy Week, the cross and the empty tomb, 
would you give us that heart and that love and that power and that authority to face every day and to face it with eyes that see your love for humanity, that there are people to tell. There are people in your life that God will reach because you are willing to be brave and courageous. There are people in your life that God wants to use you to welcome into the family of God. And if you've never believed that today, I break the lie off of you that God does not have a plan for your life because God has a plan for your life and he loves that you're a part of his family. So God, today we just say, out of this posture, have your way. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. I think some of you are experiencing the Holy Spirit, and you should just tell somebody about it. That's how we witness. Some of you might have like a, a, a sense to pray for somebody, like, hey, I, I just feel like I'm supposed to come pray for you. Do that before you leave. Somebody might be here, and you just begin to feel love for the first time. Like, let us pray and just bless what God's doing. We're going to just continue to pray for you here. This is just the beginning of what will be a 12-week journey that is our heritage, and it is our hope. Hear me very clearly. What we are talking about right now is our heritage as followers of Jesus, and it is our hope until the day he comes back. Come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Tell somebody about Jesus this week, and if that scares you, go for it anyway. I bless you to be people who are loved by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to begin to feel that uncomfortable edge that you are living fully alive by the power and authority of God every day because you are living on mission with King Jesus. Amen.